Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. God doesn't answer every prayer in the moment specifically the way you want because he's at work behind the curtain, behind the scenes. God's delays are not delays of inactivity, but delays of preparation. Welcome to High Point with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church. I'm Steve Smith, and we've reached the final message in our series. It's been all about prayer, Ron, and the series is called The Prayers of Jesus. Yeah, you know, Steve, our prayer for our listeners is that they would have a breakthrough, that they'd be able to do this, to clear out those roadblocks to prayer, to spend more time with God, calling out to Him. That's what this program is all about. That's what we want to help you do, to pray passionately and to engage more with the one who created you. All right, well, right now we're going to wrap up our message called The Roadblocks to Prayer. Let's get right to it. Here's Pastor Ron. What are the things, the obstacles the roadblock, so to speak, that cause us to slow down and to not move forward when it comes to seeking Almighty God through prayer. And what does this? Have you ever felt like you've got a ceiling? Like it's just like I'm in this period where there's a ceiling and I I just can't break through. We're going to turn to the book And we're going to look at several passages of Scripture that give us the roadblocks or the hindrances to prayer. These are the things that cause us not to pray or to lose focus in our prayer life. So go ahead, open up to James chapter 1. And what we're going to do this morning is I'm just going to systematically walk you through several Scriptures as we close this series on prayer. Have you been excited about this series? So let's do this. Let's jump uh, forward. James chapter 1. There's a big obstacle here. It's called doubt. Look with me at verse 5 of James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him do what? You tell me. Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. It says, but let him ask in faith. There it is. And here's the roadblock. He says, with no doubting. Well, it says, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. He says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So doubt what it reveals if you're going to God in prayer and you're asking God to prove himself to you, or if you lack faith or you have so much unbelief that you don't think that he can work, that will hinder your prayer. So one of the hindrances that we have is we don't come to God with confidence that he will work and that he can work. And so we've got to know no matter what the situation that you're feeling, that God exists, that God wants to move, that God will answer my prayer. Now, he may not answer it as specifically as you desire, but what he may do is this. He may change your heart or give you new direction so that your prayer begins to change. So let's overcome doubt. It's a huge hindrance to prayer. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. This is the teaching on the Lord's Prayer. And the first thing that I want to draw your attention to is hypocrisy. It's the number one thing that drives people away from church. They say this. They say, well, it's just filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Well, what's a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody who says one thing and does another thing. Look what he says in verse 5 
of chapter six. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the, you tell me, hypocrite, there it is. He's just like, I don't want you to be like them. For, for what do they love to do? They love to do is they stand around and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners. Why are they praying? What does it say? They're praying so that other people will see them. So what does that reveal about their focus? Is it a vertical focus? I would suggest that it's not. It's a horizontal focus. So hypocrisy, that I would have the wrong motivation, so to speak, in my prayer life that it would be about other people thinking something about me, that's a hindrance to prayer. And here's the next hindrance or the next roadblock. He says, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. What we're talking about now is a roadblock is not only doubt and hypocrisy, but I would call it vain repetition. And that's what he's going to get into now. He says, don't Keep up vain repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard by their many words. And so he says, and he makes it very clear, he says, don't do this, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask. And then he says, pray then like this. And we covered this prayer in this series already. And he goes on and he talks and he gives them the Lord's Prayer, which is a great prayer. But what I want to focus on this morning is this, this idea about vain repetition and that we're not to pray like this. It's not the quantity of the words. It's the quality. It's not what you say. It's what you reveal. Look with me at verse 14 of Matthew chapter 6. It says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespassers, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So if I refuse to forgive, if that's the continual pattern of my life, then what this is saying then is that God will not forgive me. Why is that so? Because God supernaturally deposits in those that are his the ability to forgive and to move on. One of the hindrances, one of the roadblocks that I see, one of the things that causes people to halt in their prayer life, it's, it's simply unforgiveness. And I would challenge you, if you have a problem with a person, and if you can't pray for that person, that's a red flag, that something's not wrong with them, something's wrong with you. Think for a moment of how much God has forgiven you from. And because of his forgiveness, you are different. Now how, after God has forgiven you of so much, how can you withhold that forgiveness to the other people that God has placed in your life? Go ahead and flip over to Proverbs chapter 28 because we're going to look at two Proverbs to get us two specific hindrances or roadblocks. It says in Proverbs chapter 28 verse 9, it says this, if one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is, you tell me, what's your version say? An abomination. He's making it clear that if, if you're not interested in what the book says about a specific area of your life, he says, if you're living that way, he says, then, then what's happening is, he says that your prayer is an abomination to God. 
Now that word abomination, it literally means this. It means that you make God sick. It's a picture of regurgitation. It's a picture that God wants to throw up when there's clear teaching that's given to his children and they just ignore it or reject it. That makes God sick. It makes him sick to his stomach. It's abomination. Okay, look at Proverbs. I'm going to turn back, I believe now. Proverbs chapter 21. And I'm just going to ask him to throw this up on the screen. It's neglect. And you, you say neglecting what or more specifically who. And, and, and that's what verse 13 says. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out. And what does the scripture say? Yeah, you got it. Not, not be answered. So, so, so if you see a person in need, and I want to like just, just develop it a little further. I mean, if you see a specific need and you just walk by and you, you do this, that you, you're just like, you close your ear to the cry of someone who is hurting. What is your receptivity level to the needs and the difficulty of the people around you? Do you stop and notice that people are having issues and are in need of a helping hand? If we close our ear to the cry of the poor, and thank God we're not doing it in Haiti. We just brought a bunch of college kids back, and they have heard the cry of the poor. And let's just understand, the reason I want you to go there is because this, because you're going to see some stuff, and then you, when you come back, you're going to be different here. You're going to respond differently. If you've ever been on a missions trip, isn't that the truth? You began to expand your mind to the needs of the people in these countries, these third world places. And it begins to increase the capacity for you to love right here. See, we've been deadened our consciences. We've been deadened to the needs that are around us because we're on this treadmill of success and happiness, and growth, American dream. And there's people that are hurting. And this book says that if you call yourself a Christian and you refuse, you close your ear, you turn a deaf ear to the poor, then when you sit down and cry out to God, he's going to do this. You're not, he's not going to answer you. I, I remember, and it's, it's, it's not the best memory. I, I remember learning this a long time ago because God's worked on my heart with this. And I remember I was in Atlanta, and it was for a pastor's conference of all things. And these pastors, they, they came from all over the country. There was 50,000 of them. And we gathered for this conference, and I, 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 I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I'm a runner. Well, I'm not really a runner. I like to eat, so therefore I run. And so, so I would go out, and it was a, you know, a weekend deal, and stayed a couple extra days, and I would go out in the morning, and I would run in the streets of Atlanta. That's just one of my favorite things to do wherever I go. I just like to go out and just, you know, run. And, and so I'm running, and, and the first day that I went out to run, I ran by this guy who was in need. The second day that I went out to run, I actually noticed the guy who was in need. The third day that I went out to run, I finally stopped and asked the guy if I could help. Now, now it was an interesting thing because God put the same guy in the same place for three days and I was thinking about it the whole weekend. 
Now, I don't believe that that was about this one specific instance. I believe that was about a heart change for me on how I responded to people who were in need. And I would just challenge you, where's God working on you? listening to High Point with Ron Zappia, and we're learning to eliminate the roadblocks to prayer. Ask for this message on CD when you call 844-HP-RADIO. We'll continue with more teaching in just a moment. Marriage, like a knot, has to be kept tight. Left to itself, it loosens over time and can completely unravel. Throughout the month of February, for a donation of any amount, we want to send you a brand new resource from Pastor Ron Zappia and his wife Jody, their new book, The Marriage Knot. This highly practical book shares the seven choices that Ron and Jody made to restore and enrich their own marriage. These are the seven choices that every couple needs to make to keep their marriage together. Ron and Jody were on the brink of divorce. It was their first year of marriage and already things were falling apart. They desperately searched for anything that would help, and then suddenly everything changed. In their new book, The Marriage Knot, Pastor Ron and Jody present seven transformative principles that saved their marriage. Full of wisdom, humor, and refreshing transparency, The Marriage Knot unpacks the seven choices that keep couples together. Give us a call at 844-HP-RADIO to receive your copy of Ron and Jody Zappia's The Marriage Knot, or request this great resource online at highpointministries.com. This is High Point, and Pastor Ron Zappia is in a series called The Prayers of Jesus. For additional resources, including audio and video messages, head to highpointministries.com. But for now, here's Pastor Ron with the conclusion of today's message. Where's God working on you? I know. Don't come up to me after and say, well, I can't meet every single need. And man, you don't know. I worked downtown Chicago, and I couldn't do it. But, 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 but does your, do, do you even notice it? Have you come up with a way to deal with it? I I believe that God puts those people in our life that what? That he's really trying to develop within us a capacity to share the love of Christ in word and in deed. So neglect. How many people are, you you just get a prayer message and you're you're just like, you're just tired of praying, man, for the same situation and the loved one. And man, it's like I'm praying for, the salvation of that family member. and It's been 10 years and I've been praying for this specific thing and, and, and we get discouraged, don't we? Have you ever been there? I, I, I mean, I've been there. So, so, so what are we to do? Discouragement is a huge problem. It's a roadblock. Well, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18 and Jesus gives us some specific teaching on how to deal with discouragement when it comes to prayer. And the interesting thing, I mean, he uses this story or this parable to teach us about this persistent widow. And so he tells this parable in Luke 18. He says, and he told them a parable to the fact that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So here it is. It's just like, how do I not lose heart? Well, he said, in a certain city, there was a judge, and this judge was not a godly man, either feared God or respected man. But here's the focus of the story. And and, and then in verse 3, there was this widow. And she kept coming to this judge and saying, give me justice against my adversary. And and so the judge refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet this widow, she just keeps, I love what the text says, she keeps bothering me. She's she's, this old lady, she just won't let this go, man. Everywhere I look, I just see this lady, she's complaining all the time. Uh, You know what, I'm going to give her justice just to get her out of my back. I mean, out of my life, off my back, I just, like, this woman is driving me crazy. 
That's what the story says. Or at least that's how I interpret it. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And then here's the dagger. And will not God give justice to his elect? Those are his, his followers, his genuine followers, who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So what's the point of the story? The point of the story is this lady would not take no for an answer when it came to this unrighteous judge. She was just all over him. She is a picture of how God wants us to be in prayer. That we are just screaming, crying, calling out, that looking for an answer, give me what I want, I'm asking by faith. Her persistence is what Jesus says is what we need. I think we lack persistence in prayer. Why? Because of the delays that happened in the God zone. And so God doesn't answer every prayer in the moment, specifically the way you want, because he's at work behind the curtain, behind the scenes, trying to help you understand the totality of the picture. And so here it is. Let me give it to you. If you've got a pen, go ahead and write it down. It's the tweet of the day, so to speak. God's delays. You know, when you think he's, he's not working, God's delays are not delays of inactivity, but delays of preparation. Did you catch that? See, when God delays, it's not because he's not at work. It's because he's behind the scenes and he's preparing someone, something. And maybe he's changing you. Maybe he's going to radically change the situation. But God uses those delays to prepare the heart. Does anyone remember Joseph? In jail for three years? Time of preparation. Some of us, are. we feel like we're incarcerated in a specific situation. Whether it's a difficult family member, whether it's an illness that is plaguing us, whatever the situation, God's delays are not delays of inactivity. They're delays of preparation. A couple more. So get ready. We're going to put 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 on the screen. And, and, and the thing, it's marital discord. This is the difficulty. So let's together, because I'm a husband too, and um, let's read this verse, husbands together. No, you got to stand. Somebody said, they go, I can hear this. See, I can hear everything. Or no, actually, I can just sense you're thinking it. They're, I, I feel exposed, they're saying. That's what we want. Let's read together. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. What's that verse teaching? It's teaching that I got to live with my wife in an understanding way. I got to study her. I got to be there for her. I've got to be, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, my role is to do what? Is to sanctify her. That means that I'm the one who's called to make her holy. That's my responsibility. I'm to teach her. I'm to help her. I'm to be there for her. I'm there to protect her. And if I'm not doing those things, then God's like this. I don't want to hear your prayers. Like, stop talking to me about that and start doing this. That's what that verse is teaching. 
And, and I would like to open it up. You know, the men, thanks so much. But I, I mean, it's marital discord. And then there's trouble and difficulty in your primary relationship, primary earthly relationship. God's like this. Like, you don't want to get that fixed? Like, there's a problem here, man. Like, we have an issue. Marital discord. Let's do this. Let's, well, let me, let, let me say it like this. Men, every week I have a problem. Ron, what's your problem? I, I got to stand up at this church and teach you every week. And the problem is when I don't have stuff right in my home, it, it's a disaster. Like I can't do it. Every preacher knows this. And if you want to be a preacher, man, get ready for the pressure, okay? And, and the pressure of standing on this stage and delivering God's word with the built-in accountability, because that's what it is. That there's a built-in accountability that every Saturday night, because we have a Saturday night service, that I got to get right with Jody. Like if there's been a rift or there's a problem by Saturday, I've got to deal with it. Now, sometimes we don't deal with it in its entirety, but I'm telling you, there is forgiveness that's modeled and there's an understanding because I can't stand on this stage and deliver God's word in the midst of marital discord. So I have a built-in accountability system on a weekly basis. What's yours? Like mine ain't going for seven days. What is yours? What's the accountability that you have to make sure that you are in the right place with your spouse? I'll let you think about that. Let's turn over to Psalm 66. Get ready for some confession. Psalm 66. I'd like you to turn to these verses because I'd like you to just have this, um, these verses in your hands have the book in your hands and these verses in your mind as we go through the next section. In verse 18, the scripture says, if, I love that, if, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, this is what the writer is saying, if I had done that, the Lord would not have listened. So, so if I've got some secret sin, and then look up here for a moment. Then what God's doing is a secret sin. God's like this. I, I don't want to hear from you until you deal with that. If you have some secret sin, I, well, what do we mean by that? Well, the stuff that you do when no one's around. Well, what you read or what you look at or what you surf the net for or, or what you're thinking about the majority of the time. Like, like he says this, the, the psalmist, if I had cherished iniquity, sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. But truly God has listened and he has attended to the voice of my prayer. So that's implying that if you have cherished iniquity in your heart, then the Lord is not listening to you and he wants you to deal with that. 
teaching us how to clear the roadblocks to our prayer life. You're listening to a message from Pastor Ron Zappia here on High Point. You can find this entire series called The Prayers of Jesus when you head online. Go to highpointministries.com. Well, Ron, as we wrap up this series today, what's maybe the number one takeaway you hope that all of our listeners are going to grab onto? Well, we all know that prayer is important. That's for sure. But we've got to make it intentional, an intentional practice. If Jesus himself prayed all the time, speaking passionately and honestly with the Father, then how can we neglect going to God each day? We need to see prayer as a lifeline that we can't do without. Prayer does this. It deepens our relationship with God. It provides us with an all-surpassing peace that helps us trust Him through every circumstance of life. As Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. Well, thanks so much for that biblical wisdom, Ron. We're glad to have you with us today as Ron wraps up our series, Studying the Prayers of Jesus. Here at High Point, it's our mission to help you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus each and every day. And we do that through these daily Bible teaching programs and through specially chosen resources for our financial partners each and every month. And this month, when you support High Point, we're going to send you Ron and his wife Jody's book called The Marriage Knot. This biblical guide takes you through the seven choices that keep couples together. And I'm telling you, it comes from their own personal experience of marriage failure and restoration. It's a book you can read on your own or with your spouse or for the basis of a small group study with some other couples. And it comes with questions for discussion. Get your copy of The Marriage Knot by Ron and Jody Zappia when you call in your gift to 844-477-2346 or go online to highpointministries.com. If you prefer to send a check, write to us at High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith. Be sure to join us tomorrow when Ron and Jody sit down for an interview about their own personal marriage story and the marriage not principles they've put into practice. It's the kickoff of our new series, so don't miss it Thursday on High Point with Ron Zappia.